what we've got here is failure to communicate. Hey everyone, I'm Chad. And I'm Clint, and this is Schooled Ya, the podcast made by teachers for teachers. Brought to you by two middle-aged teachers, dads, and hipster doofuses who talk across the country about the American education system. We hope you find our show as entertaining as the final months of the NBA season, or opening day of Major League Baseball, or the NCAA basketball season. Uh, yeah, dude, we get it. And is this joke a little too soon? Eh, sports are dumb. I'm just kidding. I mean, it might be a little bit too soon because, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are, are missing out on their normal forms of entertainment. But sometimes laughter is the best medicine, so we'll all be cured. And all of this COVID-19 stuff is seriously sad and, quite frankly, pretty scary. But let's make sure we have a few laughs today. What do you say? I'm in. Let's do it. On our last episode, you had mistakenly thought we were going to play a game that some people play as kind of a party game or sometimes killing time in the car or other events like that where you pick three celebrities and you have to debate which one you would marry, which one you would kill, and which one you would, let's say, make out with. Make out with, yes. So we're going to play a similar game today. I'm going to give you three celebrities, and you have to decide, as a teacher, which one you would like as your boss, which one you would like as a colleague, and which one you would like as a student. What do you think? That sounds great. Let's do that. Okay, so I have a random list generator here that's going to run uh, some random celebrities, and here we go. Okay. And we have Jennifer Lopez. Okay. Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. And Elton John. (laughs) J-Lo, Elton John, and Matthew McConaughey. Let's see. Uh, I think I've got a plan. First of all, I think I would want Matthew McConaughey as a student. And the main reason for that is he seems gross. (laughs) And I don't want to work with a gross person. And I don't want to be bossed around by a gross person. Okay, that's fair. Now, maybe I'm just thinking of him from the uh, movie Dazed and Confused with his famous line. As I get older, they stay the same age. Yeah. I just don't think that's a good quality to have in a (laughs) um, teacher. For my boss, I think I want J-Lo. Okay. Because she seems like the kind of lady that gets stuff done. Yeah. Like, people aren't going to mess with her. She's just going to, like, take care of business. And I'm usually pretty good at brown nosing, so I feel like I could stay on her good side. So that's good. And then, of course, I'd want my colleague to be Elton John. Can you imagine (laughs) a better music teacher, a more hilarious music teacher? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. The stories he could tell in the lunchroom. Right. Oh, my gosh. I am down with that. Those are pretty good. I The only issue I have with J-Lo in terms of her decision-making, is she married to Alex Rodriguez or are they still just dating? But that seems like a poor decision on her part. It makes me wonder if she would make, you know, good decisions in the long run. You don't think uh, A-Rod is a... Is a- is good husband material? No. Sorry, A-Rod, I, if you're listening to this. <laughs> then give us a shout-out on something if you're yeah, listening to this. would you? I take it all back. <laughs> I, I went to that same website. I've got three celebrities for you. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Celebrity number one, Harrison Ford. Celebrity number two, Usher. And celebrity number three, Angelina Jolie. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. The hard one I'm having a hard time placing is Angelina Jolie. Like you can't remember who that is? No, I'm trying to figure out <laughs> where would be a good spot to put her in these three scenarios. Oh, I see. I, I can't see. think of one. So I'm going to put her in the in the lesser of the three evils. <laughs> I really have no, like... Other than seeing her in a couple of movies, like and knowing that she married Billy Bob Thornton, do you know anything about her? 
Can you even assume anything? I don't. She's uh, done a lot of uh, humanitarian work. Um, oh, she has. Yeah, she has uh, done oh, a lot of things well, in in, uh, in Africa in particular. Okay, well, shoot then. I'm glad you actually. A Rod probably has too. I feel like a real jerk now. Yeah, um, you should. Okay, with that new piece of information, because Angelina Jolie has done all this humanitarian work. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, for her to be my boss. Okay. I think Usher would actually be a pretty fun student to have in class. He dances, he sings, but he doesn't seem like a real like pain in the butt. Right. So I think he would be a fun kid to have in class. And then I've always liked Harrison Ford. I know some people don't like all of his movies, but I mean, between Indiana Jones and um, Han Solo, like if I had that guy as a colleague of mine, um, kind of like you said with Elton John, I think he'd have some great stories. And uh, he'd be a pretty cool guy to be around. I think those are good choices. Uh, I I just think that Harrison Ford is he has a uh, reputation of being kind of grumpy, which would also be kind of funny. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> he'd be like always complaining at staff meetings. Yeah, Angelina, <laughs> why are we having to have this meeting? And also, like every school talent show would be a banger if you had Usher as a student. Oh, for sure, like, that'd be great. For sure. Well, that was a fun game. Nice, uh, nice job coming up with that. Uh, with that, I think we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break from our sponsor. Today's episode of School Jazz is sponsored by Fairspace. Everyone wants life to be fair, but no one wants it more than your students. No matter what you do, someone is going to cry out, That's not fair! For every one of your decisions. But it doesn't have to be that way. Using an online platform that you design with simple drag-and-drop tools, Fairspace allows you to create an artificial intelligence virtual arbitrator, or AVA, that makes all decisions for you in a completely fair manner. You told the students they would get free time if they all worked hard and everyone except Allison did their work? Ask Ava what's fair. The entire class loses the opportunity to have free time. You said all, not everyone except Allison the lazy joke. Additionally, it can help students decide what to do about the rule breaker. Jump her. Fair space. Because you deserve a break, and those kids are animals. Welcome back. While we're still smack dab in the middle of the worldwide coronavirus pandemic, and hopefully if you listen to this months later, you can look back and confidently say that the world handled it well, though right now in the middle of it, it doesn't feel that way. We decided to continue to discuss another aspect of schools dealing with challenging situations. Yeah, and that's the communication piece. You know, more specifically, uh, how do we get information to students and families in moments of crisis? You know, what is that purpose of that information? What's our role as schools and teachers for helping families cope with tragedies within a community? So I guess the first question, Clint, and I do want to put a little uh, addition in here, a little peek behind the curtain. We actually recorded about, I don't know, what would you say, half of this show yesterday? Well, we didn't really record it <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't have the uh, memory chip in my recorder. So, yeah, I just talked into a microphone for no reason for about half of it. Yeah, we got to about this point in the conversation when, when you said, oh, crap. And then we just decided to kind of scrap it and start over the next day. So this is about where we left off yesterday. But going back to the point here, I'm going to start with this, Clint. What means have you seen and used to communicate with families? And not like about grades and stuff, but in, in, in more, I guess, moments of crisis. Uh, it's kind of like what we're dealing with now. Three main ways that we deal with it. The first one is robocalls. Uh, the second one is person-to-person -person phone calls, and the third is through email. 
And I think that they all have their benefits and their negatives. Uh, the benefits of a robocall is consistency. Everybody gets the exact same message. The negatives of a robocall is it's highly impersonal. Like you don't, uh, you don't feel like you're getting anything, uh, a real communication. And when they're done too often, uh, they start to get ignored. Uh, we have a guy uh, who comes on. His name is Justin McLeod. One time, my voicemail picked it up and uh, transcribed it and uh, named him Justin the Clown, which <laughs> I think is fun. But anyway, he he sends out messages uh, quite often, and a lot of times they're dealing with like, even though there's bad weather, we're still going to school tomorrow kinds of things. And so everybody gets annoyed with him. But we have those kinds of messages a lot. And so it can become really easy for a parent who's like, ugh, the school district again, and they can they can mute it. Um, so that can be problematic. As far as person-to-person -person phone calls, that's good in that you get to have a personal conversation with somebody. They can ask questions. You can answer those questions to the best of your ability. But that also means that you're going to not be super consistent from person-to-person -person because you can't say exactly the same thing every single time. Certain teachers might have a, a different understanding of a policy, and that can, that can cause communication problems. And then finally, email. Email is nice because people can answer or ask questions and get responses and all that. But there are a lot of people that don't have access to email or don't check it very often. And so it can cause big delays in that communication. What are the things that you have seen with communication uh, techniques, Chad? One of the things I've noticed this year in our district is our robocalls or auto dialers, as I think we refer to them here. They've gone away from someone reading it to like a, I, I wouldn't say, I guess it's computer. It's like, I don't know if they type the message. A and robot then like, reads it? Yes. And it, it's even like less personal, which I could see that being even more like kind of throw, throw people off or, or turn people off. And again, I think parents need to understand that times like this, it's probably really important that you're listening to that entire message. I get that. That oftentimes the dialer comes out with, you know, when conferences are coming or when when other events are happening, we'll always get a dialer to remind parents when like um, school's going to be out on a Monday or something. And sometimes you'll get that like the week before and then you'll get it like the night before. And, and sometimes it is like a lot. I mean, I think in those kind of situations, like more information is I mean, it, it never hurts to just make another reminder because we know as from the from the district point of view, you do get a lot of people complaining or, or calling in saying, I didn't know we didn't have school or I didn't know we had conferences. So it's like the more information you can give them in those cases sometimes doesn't doesn't hurt. And if they want to hang up and not listen, that's their choice. Um, the other thing our, our district will do a lot is, and kind of on the same lines as you were saying about getting the same message out, and maybe this is why they kind of go with the robot voice, but it's like, it's the exact same message you get through a phone call. You'll also get like a text message if you've signed up for that and you get the same message on your in your email and it's literally, it's verbatim. It's the same, it's the same message. You know, if you've gotten all that in a 10 minute span of time, it does feel like overkill. But I mean, I understand we're just trying to touch all our bases and trying to kind of get the message out in as many ways as possible. So we're sure that everyone gets it. The other thing that I noticed because the last few days we've been making phone calls home is that it, if you have, you know, five or six kids potentially going to school in a district, 
you might get five or six phone calls from the from different teachers with the same message. And so that's that's a pretty tricky thing to deal with in a big district in, in terms of like not letting that happen or making sure that doesn't happen. And I hope that people are just patient about that. But I have found this week that as I've made phone calls that everyone's been really positive and understanding. And I've really appreciated that because sometimes that's not always the case, but every parent I've talked to has been really, really great and really supportive and kind of understanding that we're doing the best we can. Right. And I think people are pretty thirsty for information right now. Uh, I know I am. So I think people are, oh, here's the, here's Roanoke City Schools. They're sending out something again. You see that on your phone. Let's all listen to it and make sure we know what's happening. So I think people are, are appreciating the amount of information that's coming out right now. That kind of goes to the next question. And, and this can apply to what we're dealing with net right now with the coronavirus or just, you know, other kind of either crisis or, um, you know, you could even extend this to like a death uh, in the in the school or in the district or, or other things where how much is too much information versus not enough? Are there scenarios where it's really not the school's place to reach out to people or holding back information is important versus trying to give people everything you possibly can? We had earlier this year a pretty big problem where there was a a person who had killed someone and then was trying to escape the police and was hanging around our neighborhood. And that was pretty shocking because we got a robocall about that and we just heard that one piece of information and everything else was you had to go online and try to locate like what's going on, where where do they think that this is happening. And in fact, they didn't even tell us in the robocall what was actually happening. They just said because of a situation, the police have asked everybody to stay home and stay away from school. And if you live in this certain area, stay in your house, which was pretty freaky because they didn't give us enough information to really know what was happening and we had to go other places. And then with social media that allows the rumor mill to spread. And and we didn't actually mention that in the in our first part of ways to reach families. There's also like our district has a Facebook page and a Twitter account. So they they send out information that way too. But in this case it was a time where they just only gave you a bare minimum of information and then the rest you had to kind of just gather on your own, which can be a little bit scary. And I know like from an administrative standpoint cuz I've kind of been in that in that office too when uh, when we were putting together a message. I mean, sometimes you don't have the right or you don't have the information to, to give out. You know, the last thing you want to do is provide false information or make presumptions on things. So you try to, you know, it's it, you're trying. It's almost like the media where you're only trying to give, you know, what you know for sure. In our situation, I'm sure that the police told them, this is all you can say uh, because we don't want to upend our manhunt. And I'm sure the district probably got heat from a lot of people saying, wait a minute, this is all you're telling us? Like you're, you're freaking us out. And it's like, well, this is all we can tell you. And we're, it's better than nothing, you know, hopefully. So is it the school's responsibility in these moments of crisis with things that don't necessarily have anything to do with education? Is it our responsibility to try to communicate everything? Like, are, are we the hub of communication? Should we be? I think the first thing you have to ask yourself if you're a school is how will this affect our students and our staff? And if it doesn't in any way, then I don't think it's our responsibility. You know, I think about situations like we live in a community where it's kind of actually unique here in Astoria where we have three other school, well, really four, if you go across the river to Washington, school districts that are very close to us. And geographically, we have one school district that's literally two miles away. And so oftentimes if there is a 
death or a tragedy or something else that takes place in a school near us, we will address that with our students, uh, usually with some kind of consistent message that teachers are asked to communicate. Now, some might say, well, that really isn't your responsibility, but because we know how many students that, that could affect potentially, um, that's usually the kind of thing where we, we jump in. Um, but I think it does, you know, in terms of responsibility within the school, I think you do have to evaluate, is this going to make an impact more than a couple kids? If it's just a few, uh, and if you know that this might somehow, you know, reach a few of your kids, I think you can do that on more of an individual basis. But if it's going to be something bigger, I think, I think it is our, our job to do that. But it's also important that you're putting out rumors that are definitely not true. I know the message is often from our counselors is to stick with what we know for sure. Stick with the facts. Even just last week, as, as there was periodic cancellations starting to take place and everything was starting to really ramp up, the rumor mill was just churning at full speed. And as much as I would tell my kids in class, like, hey, let's just, you know, stick with what we know. I was just as bad at running into a staff member in the staff room and saying, yeah, did you hear this? Or do you think we're going to be doing this? So it's it's easy to say don't speculate, but uh, it's also kind of human nature to, to do that. With all the speculation that happens, I guess that also leads us to another question of how often should we send out updates? In the situation we're in now, as we find out new news or as we know something new that is going to affect parents and students, I think it's our responsibility to update that as soon as possible. I could see us getting to a point where because of the state we're in right now, where like just people can expect that at you know 5 p.m. every evening, there's a, a new message from their principal or their superintendent or for them, you know, or, or from your your governor. I don't know. That just says basically the state of the day, the state of where we are now. Here's here's what we know and here's what's changed and here's how we're moving forward. Because I think there is a sense of security sometimes when you just get somebody communicating with you. When it goes dark for three or four days, I think that's when like there's uncertainty. But there is that feeling of just kind of like constant updates, even if nothing's changed. I think that that's that feels good. And I think having it, like you say, once a day is good in that it kind of lets you, if you want to, unplug from it and say, okay, I'm going to do these things today. I'm going to, especially in this particular situation that we're dealing with right now, you can kind of say, okay, I'm going to work on these little bits of my job. And then I'm also going to do stuff with my family. And then I'm going to take some time for myself to read. And at five o'clock, I'll be able to check back in and get all the information that I need. And uh, it allows you to not ignore it, but to not dwell on it so much that you stress yourself out and, and make yourself sick. Because uh, uh, we know that that is a consequence of, of these kinds of stressful situations. Well, and boy, isn't it easy right now to just constantly be checking things to see how things have changed. And I have found it to be pretty unhealthy for me, setting maybe even a time for yourself to say, I'm going to check this, you know, once a day. to Because to, to, to it's like this balance of making sure you're up to speed on what's going on and what you need to know, but also not being kind of falling down that rabbit hole. I think that being able to know that you're going to get this communication from the people that are speaking, that where they actually know what's going on uh, at a consistent time gives us a chance to let it go a little bit in our own lives. I think from a school's perspective, there's an ongoing crisis. Keep in mind that people do need to know, but they don't need to know everything at the exact moment it happens. That's a good approach to have. I think that wraps up our discussion about communication. It's a complex one. Do you have any thoughts about uh, school-to-home communication? We would definitely love to hear them. Uh, let us know by posting on our Facebook page or Twitter at SchoolDepod. And now let's take another quick break. This week's episode of School Dia is brought to you by Don't Go to Meeting. 
Staff meetings, curriculum mapping meetings, IEP meetings, department meetings, grade level meetings, vertical alignment meetings, budget meetings, goal setting meetings. Too many meetings. You need Don't Go to Meeting, the best surrogate service you'll ever need. The next time you're double booked or just don't feel like going to a meeting, give us a call and we'll send a stand-in to attend in your place. Whether it be showing up a few minutes late, feigning mild interest by head nodding, pretending to take notes, or even asking the occasional rhetorical question, our fill-ins are specially trained to act just like you in a meeting. And for a limited time, Don't Go to Meeting is offering your choice of a poorly timed awkward joke or an unnecessary meeting extending question at no extra charge. And wait, there's more. Mention the Schooled You podcast when you call and we'll attend the inevitable disciplinary meeting that will result from your use of our services. So, the next time you're too busy or just aren't feeling it, call Don't Go to Meeting because meetings sort of suck. And welcome back. It's time for our favorite segment of the show. Wait, what? That was a pretty heavy conversation we had in segment two. And um, I got something that I have discovered the last few days. It's been kind of inspiring, also just really enjoyable. Um, I've kind of started watching a lot more YouTube, more specifically like subscribing to to people's channels. Oh yeah, me too. People do are just doing really cool things out there. I mean, there's I know there's a lot of garbage out there too, but it started out with me getting into some different woodworking channels that I really like. I know, super nerdy, but I'm really getting into that. It's not that nerdy. It's just old. Dude, there's some there's some like youngsters doing some really cool things with with woodworking, and I, you you might be surprised. But uh, and I just said youngsters. I know, <laughs> hence old. There's there's some whippersnappers out there. <laughs> um, but anyway, so there's this guy, and you might even even heard of him, but you've probably seen at least one of his videos probably pop up on something else. But his name's Mike Boyd. I think he's Scottish. Uh, he's definitely from the UK somewhere, and um, he basically does these videos where he picks something, a new skill that he wants to learn, and he essentially documents how long it takes him. There's usually a timer down below like how many hours sometimes days sometimes months it takes him to actually achieve that goal and these are things as simple as spinning a basketball on his finger riding a wheelie on a bicycle to like more complex things like he does one where he sees how long it takes him to hit a hole in one and for every shot that he misses he donates like a dollar to charity and he he's funny and he, he's just a regular guy and he's just basically teaching himself to do the skill and what's really fun about it is there are a few that he just never gets but most of the time he makes it and to see like the joy and probably the relief on his face after he actually accomplishes these things like every time i see it i mean he is jack like he is so excited this one where he's doing the wheelie he the goal is he has to be able to ride a wheelie on a bike 100 meters so you know essentially the length of a football field and i mean he starts out with zero ability to do it. he can't even pop a wheelie let alone ride it the, the day he finally thinks he's gonna get it he like has a couple where he makes it like 90 meters and then falls so like getting that close and then not getting there and then finally when he gets it i mean he's just so excited and it's literally like made me kind of laugh and audibly like give him a at a boy while watching them and especially in that kind of these times it's kind of given me a nice little reprieve to the day and made me laugh and so um i said suggest you check him out if you just search mike boyd on youtube a bunch of things will come up i mean he's done hundreds of videos um, i think he's kind of a full-time youtuber but uh it's pretty fun to watch so yeah check him out mike boyd b-o-y-d that's awesome uh just to just to uh tag on to that uh i also have been watching a lot more youtube 
lately. And if you are just looking for something that is silly, I recommend a YouTube channel called How Ridiculous. It's three Australian guys. Their tag is we drop stuff, we bounce stuff, we throw stuff, we catch stuff. And they started out doing trick shot kind of things like Dude Perfect, but they also have access to this giant tower in Australia and they just chuck stuff off of it and watch it blow up and then act like idiots. And recently they built the world's strongest trampoline and they dropped a car off of this tower and watched it bounce off of the trampoline and cheered. And they're just total idiots and it's super silly, means nothing. You're not learning anything at all. It's just, it's just like they say, how ridiculous. I will definitely check that out. Sounds like something the kids would like to. Oh yeah, very family friendly. Awesome. Well, that was good. I'm glad to find some things that we can do during these kind of scary times that will take our minds off of it and maybe even learn something. Do you have any questions for us? Do you want to share how your school is adjusting to our alternate reality? We have an email address for that. Contact us at schooljapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Astoria. You can also find me on Instagram at Chatterboxes and at my web store, chatterboxes.com. And don't forget about our website, schooljapod.com. And as always, our sponsors are all fake. And gotta have a big shout out to my wife, Nikki, for our wonderful theme song. And Nikki is real. What's that? I said, and Nikki is real. Oh yeah, Nikki's real. She's a real person. Nikki's real. Sponsors are fake. Nikki's real. I thought you said Nikki is real. And I was like, nope, (laughs) that's not her name. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. And don't forget to give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find us. Or, if that seems too hard, you could tell a friend to listen. Or, you could create a new type of toilet paper from a readily available resource and print our logo on each square. Yeah, I want people wiping their bottoms with our logo. Seems totally reasonable, Clint. Are you mocking me, Chad? (laughs) I am. But please, Clint, don't ever stop brainstorming. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you soon. Boom.